Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 and verse 11. I'll read this excerpt of a Pauline epistle in your hearing. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgive I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And all of God's people said, Amen. You could be seated in the presence of the Lord. Just for a few moments, I do want to give you this letter that I feel the Lord press upon my heart to share in this setting to you that are in this room and to you that are watching online. I want to speak to you for a moment from the topic, Satan's devices. Satan's devices. There was a time where the messages of the classical Pentecostal church were totally based in eschatology. The things of the last days. We had this romantic obsession and passion and expectation for the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church, the second advent of Christ. You know, we don't even hear those words anymore. So much that I believe if you Google the manuscripts of our messages from the early 1900s all the way to probably the early 90s because of the Gulf War, you would hear the phrase, we're living in the last days. You hear the phrases that Jesus is soon to come. Yeah. Yeah. But then our focus kind of changed and, and shifted. We began to adapt the tenets of the prosperity teaching, making us feel that the closer we are to God, the more money we should have. Mm. The gross underbelly of this teaching, not all of it, hear me, but the, but the underbelly of this teaching was promising people of poverty that walking with God automatically came with the promise of financial stability and wealth. Now, this, is, this was definitely appealing to us, seeing that the majority of our churches during that era uh, were filled historically with minorities those who were lower on the economic metaphorical totem pole. But now we've seen a transition from these premises because now a promise of stuff really don't do it for us anymore. You know? Telling people, God gonna bless you with a car. It's like, okay. Why? Because now we got cars. We got cars. We we got homes. It don't stir us anymore because we're blessed. We have these things, not without challenges, but we have them. In other words, the truth is that that's how you measure blessings. We're more blessed than we've ever been before. And some of y'all can't say that because you don't count your blessings. But tell your neighbor, I'm in a good place. And it don't mean I don't have any challenges. Don't mean I don't have any bills. But I remember the times. This night while we were wearing black and white, yes, we already knew what you were going to wear because you had the same black outfit. Come on, come on. Some of us brothers, our black pants were so shiny from being ironed. 
over and over. Now when we say we don't have anything to wear to church, it ain't because we don't have anything to wear. The issue is which one? Because convocation for us now means a new wardrobe. um, But now there's an undercurrent arising for something more than the tangible blessing. There's a yearning. I'm serious. I, I really can feel it. You who are prophetic and you intercessors, you know there's a yearning for something spiritual. Not just church. But a desire for an awakening, some sort of revival. Mm. It's the language of the present day church now. I mean, church culture, you hear it all the time. Revival, revival. Revival has been laced throughout the teaching of this apostolic fivefold ministry. Romans says, in I believe it's Romans chapter 8, it says, the earnest expectation of all creation is waiting for something. Waiting. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, there's got to be more to God than this. Now, when I talk like that, some people get nervous because some people don't see God beyond a two-hour church service. But us waiting around to see who the next jurisdictional this and who's going to be the next supervisor, it's nothing wrong with it. And we honor it. But look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm not here for a position. I got a place in God. Woo! I don't want to, there's a, there's a deeper desire in me than going through the mundane routine of church. Come on, somebody. I, there's something in me that longs for a deeper place. I want to see the God of the Bible made manifest. Woo! I said, I want to see the God of the Bible. I, 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 knew, I, I knew I was going to just deal with a remnant tonight. I says, I want to hear and I want to see the God of the Bible made manifest among us. Because the Bible said in the last days, not that many would depart from the church. It said many would depart from the, from the faith. Birthing a generation of unbelieving believers. People who would do church but no longer believe in God. Preachers who would turn this into a gig and not an assignment. Uh, we're waiting on something. A return back to God. A fresh stirring. An end time harvest, miracles, signs and wonders. We want to see the promise of the scripture that says the reign of the latter house shall be greater than the former. But the Lord told me to remind the church that while we're in great expectation and anticipation of this latter day move and this revival culture, as we're learning how to prophetically worship and prophesy, operate in words of wisdom and knowledge, Preaching, laying hands on the sick. The Lord told me to remind the church to stay sober. Don't just study church models, tactics and styles, runs and riffs, and borrow each other's prophetic language. Stay sober. Don't just study the footage of your victories, but you better learn the tactics of your enemy oh the shut the shout then shut down now but somebody hear what i'm saying because whenever you turn on the lights on a new assignment i'm from the country anytime you turn the lights on on the front porch in the dark all kind of bugs come 
That's right. Everything that comes through the door of your church didn't come to bless your church. Everything that comes, God didn't send. Somebody came as an agent. Scream at somebody, tell them, stay sober, stay sober. Because some of us desire affirmation so much that our discernment gets sedated with compliments. And just because they clap for you, and just because they want to carry your bag, just because they want to be your BFF, don't mean they got the right motives. So my question is, is when people come, I say, who sent you? You got to have discernment. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. And that's just not demonic spirits from angelic uh, spirits. It's also discerning human spirits. Because there are some people, they're not demonic. Their spirit is just off. Their spirit is just immature. And if you don't have a discernment to know the capacity of somebody's spirit, you'll put somebody who's grown, hallelujah, that has a childlike spirit in an adult person's place. We call it betrayal, but some things were our lack of discernment. Some people did not attempt to destroy you. They just didn't have the capacity to support you. If they tell their business, what made you think they were going to hold yours? You got to have discernment. You got to have discernment. No, you can't work on the church finances and you don't tithe. You got to have discernment. How can you a thief and a robber? We can't put thieves at. got to have discernment. They come into your church trashing their last pastor. Hold on, hold on. When we used to fellowship, you was back in your preacher. What happened? Gotta have discernment because we deal with spiritual warfare more than we acknowledge. We really do. Some of the saints are tired and don't know why they're tired because we're dealing with spiritual warfare and don't even know it. Uh, I was uh, sharing at a seminary. I was uh, a guest lecturer, and when I was speaking, my uh, it was a conservative seminary. So my job was to talk about the nuances of spirituality and the Pentecostal movement and how we still, we're not cessationalists, we still believe in the laying laying on of hands and, and they shall recover. And we still believe in the speaking with new tongues, glossolia. And then I talked about deliverance. We still believe in the casting out of devils. And uh, when I brought up this subject, one of the students, uh, which was a pastor, brought up the fact, says, well, Bishop Younger, don't you think you experience those things in the countries you minister in because of witchcraft and voodoo and all of those things? Because we don't see a lot of that in American church. So don't you think you see that in those countries because of voodoo and witchcraft? I said, absolutely not. We got more demons in our church services than they have in Kenya. <laughs> I've stood in Kenya and preached I've stood in India we have several churches in India and there are more demons in our churches than in our conventions I promise you I'm not trying to be offensive I'm just it's just you know a process of elimination I'm looking no uh, no 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 it's not when we go to those churches and we see demonic manifestations it's not because of the presence of witchcraft 
is because of the consecration of the saints. Demons are not comfortable in their church services. But in our church services, you can be packed with perversion and still lead. In our services, come on, you can listen to Beyonce all the way up to the front door and still go to the platform. Don't stop by the altar. Don't kneel. Don't put no oil on your head. Come on. The same phone that you got a Bible app in, it's the same phone you're using to watch pornography and ain't nothing shifted. When I was growing up, sinners didn't come to the front. They didn't sit up front, not because we told them they could, but because of the consecration of the They left before communion. So we're dealing, we're dealing with demonic warfare. We're dealing, you all please be seated and I'm, I'm going to close out this letter. We're dealing with spiritual warfare more than what we know. Because the enemy has, has mutated his strategies. He's mutated his strategies. So tonight my message is about demonic strategies. Satan's devices. Mm. One of the strategies of the enemy. One of the satanic's devices. For you all that are writing notes. and I'll just give you a few points and I'll finish. Is when the saints end up on autopilot. That's a tactic of the enemy. What do you mean autopilot? It's when you start doing ministry without thinking about it. I'm talking about, you know, because, you know, preachers got to be careful now with this new AI out now. Give me a message on spiritual gifts. You know, you know, just doing it on autopilot. How is it that we didn't get the song list until the night before? Have you really prayed? Oh, I felt the tension in here. Did you really pray over the song list? You know, you know. How is it that we're putting together the service when the service starts? No intentionality. Hallelujah. The miraculous shows up where there's preparation. See, see, we think that order is opposite of spirituality. But if you really want the supernatural to take place, establish order. Fire came on the altar after the altar was set up. He multiplied the fish and loaves after they counted what they had and sat the people down in companies. Autopilot is when we stop approaching our assignment with intentionality. When there's no desire for innovation. Your obedience may have you doing the same thing. But it's not always doing the same thing the same way. Because if so, you're going to miss out on God's turn. And, and there's some people who are so in love with God's method that they have missed God's move. I'm telling you, I'm serious. I mean, I want to be in the move of God. Now, God's nature don't change, but God's methods change. I don't want no tension. Don't y'all fight me. Did you hear me? I said God's method changes. Now, is God a healer? Yes, he's a healer. But when you look in the scripture, he didn't always heal the same way. 
because if he would have only healed one way we would have a whole denomination called spit on the ground and put it on my face church of the living God of the Pentecostal faith because that's what we do we build monuments to the past anytime you start mastering a method it becomes a monument and now God has shifted and you still are holding on to what God said because you missed out on what he's saying if Abraham would have only did what God said and not adhered to hear to what he was saying he would have killed his promise I'll let y'all unpack that because God told him to lay his son down but some of us are so committed to what God told us last year that we're killing our ministries. Yes, God told you to put her in place because we needed to fill that space. But what is God saying now? Now she's been in that place for 32 years. Come on, somebody. Now we got some fresh people coming in. And some people, some people are so addicted to the past that they're holding on to the past and they're locking the church in the past. I mean, I know, I know, I know. Oh, yeah, I know how to do it. I know, I know. No, no, you need to come into a space where you don't know. Because until you don't know how to do it, there's no growth. There's no growth. And people like that will only keep people around them who never challenge them. Woo! You need people around you who ask you questions. When you make a decision, now, how, why did you come to that understanding? Could you explain it to me? So, but no, 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 no. See, some people, they get intimidated by that. But I'm not, I don't need dumb people around me. I need intelligent. I need people who ask me questions that challenge me to study and cause me to know why I'm saying what I'm saying. Scream at somebody, tell them, get off of autopilot. Stop just showing up. Because tonight, I'm serious. Tonight, some of you came to church, especially in the beginning of the service. Uh, in every church, you come in on autopilot because you're out of obligation. Because you know we're going to say on Sunday, where was you at Friday night? You know we had a fellowship service. And so after a while, we just start doing it. You know? And you know why I know? You, when you're on autopilot, it's in your language. I got praise team rest tonight. I got to go to church tonight. We got a meeting tonight. They want us on Zoom tonight. Everything is I got to. I got to. But do you remember when you said I get to? <laughs> so that's, that's a device of the enemy to allow you to just click autopilot and be in attendance but not present. This is how people can go to the chain, same service, sent out of the same preaching, and get different results. And let me just stop and say this. For all of you who feel like you're not getting fed, now, before you analyze the church you're in and the preacher that's preaching, okay, I know all of those are variables, right? But have you considered that if you only eat when you come to church... Your growth cannot be determined just by what you get when you come and sit in front of me. You are responsible for your spiritual growth. You tell me you don't read a Bible, pass a Facebook status until you come back to Bible study if you come. 
Let me move. Did they come off of autopilot? Because there's an anointing. And I want you to hear me when I'm telling you tonight. There's an anointing that God wants to put on you. But that anointing will not flow until you show up. When I looked at, you know, Jesse's sons, right? And I saw how the oil wouldn't flow. And I always preach you next in line. The Lord showed me one day. He says, no, all of that is you. All the sons are you. All the sons, the other sons are representation of the presentation that you put in front of me that you want me to anoint. And this is what I want to say because some people are trying, not only are you trying to master methods, you're trying to master people. And listen, I want you to be a son, but God never called you to be a clone. There's nothing wrong with sounding like your pastor, but you'll never be your pastor. Oh my God. Let me move on. The anointed will not show up until you show up. God doesn't anoint the image. He anoints the person. <sighs> Tell your neighbor, I can't do it without God. And one of the worst things will ever happen if you find something that you can do without him. Because having a sense of success outside of what God has called you to do is dangerous. Because what you think is success will actually be failure. Because you'll never be successful doing something that God never called you to do. Let me move on. So number one, one of Satan's devices is putting us on autopilot. Number two is dishonor. One of Satan's devices among the church in this hour is dishonor. You got to learn how to honor the people and the place you've been called to. I am so confused by some of the people in our generation. They will trash the leader they sit under. I mean, tear down the church and you singing in the choir. Out of all the churches in Miami, you can go to any church you want to. Where would you want to wear? You can go to church on the Sabbath. You can go on the first day of the week. Why stay? And try to destroy the house you're sitting in. Remember, you can never effectively draw from a place you don't honor. One of the greatest hindrances in our advancement of our churches and our movements is familiarity. We have become so common with each other. We've become so familiar with each other's humanity that we don't respect each other's divinity. It's not always the people's fault. See, social media has done something wonderful for us. It has connected us. It's allowed us to see each other's children grow up in different states. So when we see each other, we feel like we already know each other. But everything don't need to be posted. When you are a church leader, you don't have a personal Facebook page. Everything is a representation of the church. Now, look at y'all. I ain't got no help in this section. Y'all not saying nothing to me over here. Y'all, I said everything don't need to be seen. Where's well, my personal page? No, it's not. Every platform you got supposed to be a platform that Jesus can preach on. Go where you want to go with your family, but I don't need to see your breasts at the beach and then you come and stand here and try to lead me into worship because I'm trying to focus on Jesus, but I can't get the images out of my head. 
You want the mic, but you don't want the responsibility. You want the position and the power, but you don't want the restrictions. Well, I feel like me and my wife, we on our anniversary. We want to just sip a little something. Well, that's your business. How do we know about it? Because evidently, you spending time with your wife is not about you and your wife. If you're enjoying your family, why is it more important that everybody outside of y'all know what you're doing? Or I come to expose that devil in here tonight. Scream at somebody, tell them, it's your business. Because we're so common with each other. There needs to be a holy distance. I said that needs to be a holy distance. Everybody to go to your church don't come to your house. That needs to be a holy distance. Everybody you're called to serve is not somebody you hang out with. That's got to be a holy distance. Because everybody can't be exposed to your humanity and still respect your divinity in God. Jesus had a multitude. He had 70. He had 12. He had three. And anytime you try to force your 12 into your three, you're going to become top heavy. Dishonor. It's a a satanic device. It's a satanic device. And anytime you got people in your life that when other people leave the table and they're no longer present and they start dogging them, make a mental note. They can't be trusted. They're a person of dishonor. And someone who's a person of dishonor don't honor nobody. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you now, the Bible says, hallelujah, the men that were Gideon had the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. I want you to hear me. They had the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. In other words, they had a loyalty to God and their leader. Now, I need to hear the sound of the people in this room. You say that you got a sword of the Lord, but you also got a sword for your leader. I know you I, I don't worship my pastor, but God used my pastor to pull me out of some dark places. So you will not sit at this table and put your mouth on my leader. You don't hear it. I got a sword of the Lord and I got a sword of Gideon. I'm too much of a Peter to ever be a Judas. Bishop may have to rebuke me, but I'll cut your ear off and ask God to give it back. Oh no, y'all didn't got weak. What, where you at now? Where you at? You didn't got weak now. No, 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 no. You don't talk about my mama and you don't talk about my pastor because both of them birthed me. I don't care what you heard. I don't care what you think you know. There's some stuff that they covered me in. And when Noah got drunk, Shem, Shem and Ham and ha ha, Japheth, oh, three sons, two different approaches. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Shem and Japheth got the blessing. They walk backwards. I don't have to cover up for nobody, but I'll cover. I need you to look at somebody and tell them, I'll cover you till you catch your breath. 
I don't want to see you fall. Come on, somebody. I don't have to know all the details to pray for you. You ain't got to tell me all the story for me to cover you. Come on, somebody. Oh, where y'all at? Where y'all? I need you to look at somebody and tell them, I got you covered. I got you. Because anytime God gets ready, y'all better hear me. I hear it in the Holy Ghost. Hear me, fellowship. Hear me. I didn't know why God had me preaching this message tonight. I feel a check in my spirit. I feel a check in my spirit. I'm telling you, every intercessor in this room, if you know God is about to burst something new out of this fellowship, we don't need people sitting around talking about, make me this, he gonna make me that. Uh-uh, no, no. We need folk that gonna get in the gap because everybody will not be happy at the announcement. Come on, I need to hear the sound of holy shofars. I need to hear the sound of holy shofars. I need somebody to release the arrow of deliverance. Everybody not going to celebrate, but it don't matter. Hey, because I got the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. I need to hear the sound of the people who are getting the gap for Bishop Cooper. Open up your mouth right now. Come on, come on, come on. Where my travail is at? Where my travail Oh. Oh. I don't care what the enemy try to conjure up. I expose it at back door meeting. Any whispering conversation. Hey, shut up, number one shot. Hey, do it for Cooper. Do it for Cooper, God. Oh, I feel the Lord. Feel the Lord. Autopilot. Dishonor. And this is something you got to be mindful of. A satanic device. Number three, a hero complex. I want you to look at somebody and tell them just because they're in front of you doesn't mean they are your assignment. Very careful. Be very careful. Be very careful that you release that hero complex. And, and if someone who deals with the hero complex, oftentimes we demonize them. Well, oh, they just want to be seen. Or they just trying to help everybody. No, no. The, the root usually of someone who has a hero complex is someone who's trying to, to uh, my jet lag is hitting me a little bit with my vocabulary, is someone who's trying to make up, what is it? Compensate, thank you. <laughs> Compensate for something they didn't have. And they don't want anybody to ever experience what they experience. I don't want you to ever feel abandoned. I don't ever want you to feel forsaken or left. And because of that, and the enemy knows that. So the enemy will send people into your life to obligate you to have a position in their lives that you were never assigned to. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So you got to be, you got to be very careful because when they come, at first, 
it's easy and they will settle for just being around you until other people come around mm. that's why you got to be careful you got to be careful don't allow people to obligate you to a level in their lives greater than their commitment to the ministry well you know he my pat i mean i ain't not, i'm not really a member of the church but he like my pat oh hold on no no i am a pastor to those who have joined this church come on come on you can't obligate me to be a pastor and you haven't submitted to me as a pastor You got to be careful. Oh, you my spiritual dad. You my pops. So you got to be very careful. Because they will start putting titles on you. And out of your hero complex, you will give people a courtesy. And now you become a slave to their desires. To their passion. I want you to mentor me. I want y'all to get ready. Have a response so you're not taken off guard. Well, you know, at this point with my family and everything I got going on, I don't really have the space for mentorship. But if you show up to Bible study, I actually mentor from the pulpit. If you just show up wherever I'm at, I'm dropping nuggets as much as I can. That's what you're going to get a revelation about. It said, everybody at the beach that's screaming is not drowning. No, no, no. Everybody at the beach that's hollering, they're not drowning. Some people are enjoying what they're in. And they're addicted to the attention that you give. And that's what I'm telling you. Because where where God has taken our ministry now, we've got to feed the strong. Hear me. Now, I'm about to say something that's going to go totally against some of our teaching. But you got to, you got to invest in your strength. Bring them close. Because what we end up doing, we end up pouring all of our resources. I mean, I talk about resources. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about our time and our energy into the week. And the weak start multiplying after their own kind. We start communicating to the congregation. This is how you get close to leadership. Always be needy. But if you feed the strong. Hallelujah. I need you to scream at somebody. Tell a minister to the remnant. That hero complex. Let me move on. Uh. One more strategy of the enemy, Satan's devices, is offense. Offense. See, I'm talking about spiritual warfare tonight. And when I talk about spiritual warfare, we're ready. Oh, I hear that sound. Somebody go, spiritual warfare. Listen. Some of us, the devil got us so easy, ain't no grumble to be given. No, no, for real. Anytime you're not free to sit near somebody in church, you trap. Uh-oh. 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 I'm telling you. Anytime we got to explain you to people. And I'm telling you, where we are now, God want to move us at, at such an accelerated rate. We don't have time to be explaining you to new people. We don't have time to be saying, well, you are like her once you get to know her. The devil is a liar. You've been here too long to still have all them funny ways and we keep on making accommodations for you. 
I need everybody to look at somebody and tell them, do not hold on to your seat. You got to be open. You may have been the president for 15 years, but if somebody else God is sending me to be in that position, take it. You can have it because what God has called me to do is greater than what I've always done. I will not be trapped in offense to the point, hallelujah, you can't work close to leadership if you easily offend it. It slows us down. We got to figure out how we going to say it to you and, and see if you okay, if you're going to cry, if you're going to run out, if you're going to get mad. Grow up in God. Because when offense gets a hold of you, it affects all of your senses. And when offense gets a hold of you, I'm telling you, you don't do well in discerning. No, for real. When offense gets a hold of you, you, get, you start making it prophetic. See, something about her just don't agree with my spirit. Well, what are you measuring it by? If your spirit is crooked, you can't measure somebody else's straightness by your crookedness. I don't know what it is. See, I don't know what it is. See, something in my spirit. Your spirit is off. So how are you going to? It affects your senses. It affects your ears. I mean, when I say affects your senses, like your hearing. So when, when, this is when you know offense gets a hold of you. Because no matter what somebody else says. They said one thing, but you heard something totally different. Somebody shout offended. See, right now, some of y'all getting offended right now, and I'm just preaching. I don't even know you. See, see, you know what they said? They told me. See, they told me, no, they didn't want me at the church. They didn't want me at the church no more. Is that what they said? No, I thought they heard, I heard they said they wanted you to work in a different department. I mean, same thing. No, it's not. See, when offense gets a hold of you, it affects your eyes. And you see every Facebook status as a subliminal message about you. I wasn't even thinking about you. And if they were thinking about you, so what? If they didn't put your name on it and they know your name, it ain't for you. And I'm going to tell you how you're going to be, this is how you're going to be delivered. And you're going to know whether you deliver from the spirit of offense. This is how you're going to know. Are y'all ready? When you're able to go into meetings and don't need another side meeting after the meeting. I said everything I wanted to say in the meeting. But offense will let you sit in there, you hearing something and you seeing something. Because you don't, you don't want to be honest in the meeting because you don't want your offense to be addressed. So yeah, they said this, but this is what they mean. I know what they're trying to do. And it's hindering you. It's, it's hindering you. It's a satanic device. Because I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you, um, when our church started, a ragtag group on college campus not knowing that it was going to end up all over the world. I mean, we heard it in prophecy, but y'all know we grew up in church. <laughs> Come on, you know, like, hallelujah. I mean, to some of the prophecies, I didn't even hear it, you know. 
I just, it sounded good, and I just went with it, and I fell out. <laughs> and now all of this stuff is happening. And the challenge now is the larger we grow, some of the people's personalities begin to shift. <sighs> and, and I'm telling you, I believe what it is. I believe it's exposure. Now, I've been saying people are changing. I don't think they're changing. I think they're being exposed. <laughs> Glory be to God. Because, and the Lord told me, elevate those who've already been proven. Oh. Now, now, I believe in putting people on salary. I have a whole staff at the headquarters church. and We staff people. We have to because of the, the thing. But I want to staff the people who did it for free. Know them that labor among you. Oh, let, me get, let me get out of here. One of, one of the greatest satanic devices the enemy will put on us is amnesia. That as soon as something happens, you're ready to quit and saying, where is God? Well, he just worked out something 30 days ago. It's a satanic device. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, instead of rehearsing the trauma, rehearse the testimony. My God. Woo. If he did it before, saints. Hallelujah. Rehearse the testimony. And if you read this Pauline epistle now, I went longer than I anticipated. I think now I've actually woke up because I'm in that other time zone, but I'm going to close out now. Apostle Paul tells us one of Satan's devices is unforgiveness. No, really. There's, it limits the synergy and the flow of God in a space. Because some people are still holding on to something and they're not willing to let it go. And you feel like you're punishing the other person. But you're really punishing yourself. You're hindering your creativity. See, people call it weakness, but if you're able to forgive, that's strength. It takes a strong person to forgive people who didn't even have the sense to ask for forgiveness. Glory be to God. I need you to say it. You either lying or you prophesying. Look at somebody tell them, I don't hate anybody. I have nothing against anybody. I can speak to anybody in this place and I have nothing in my heart. Now, I'm not telling you ain't never been hurt by nobody in the room, but I just got a revelation that I refuse to live in the cemetery of past regrets. I refuse to be hindered by what somebody else did to me. I need you to push somebody and tell them, let it go. If it didn't kill you, don't stay there. Let it go. Hallelujah. How the Bible declared, he says, don't give place to the enemy. Uh, Satan is going around, but don't give space to the enemy. Tell your neighbor, let it go. When you got unforgiveness in your spirit, it's like you drinking poison, but waiting for the other person to die. Tell your neighbor, I've been hurt in my life. Come on, tell them I've been lied on in my life. Tell somebody I've been talked about in my life. Oh, tell somebody I've been cheated on in my life. Now y'all ready? Look at your neighbor and say, oh neighbor, I lied on somebody. I talked about somebody. 
I betrayed somebody but God forgave me and God's forgiveness is my motivation I say God's mercy on my life gives me reason to say I release you go ahead and practice tell somebody I release you we ain't even gotta keep talking about it I release you and the Bible declared there was a man in the book of Judges by the name of Samson he was a man that had a vow that was upon his head he didn't choose it but he was called for it and as I go to my close tonight I want to talk to the folks that have been chosen for assignments that you did not choose I want you to look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I didn't choose it as a matter of fact there are moments in my life I tried to give it back there are some people they want the microphone but the rest of us we're trying to hide not because I don't love God not because I don't love God's people but I know the potential of my own life the thumb of the ball when it comes to simple assignments I could be a doorkeeper and never hit the platform but I need you to tell your neighbor said oh neighbor oh neighbor God did this to me he called me for this assignment he told Jeremiah before I formed you in your mother's womb I already knew you and I ordained you to be a prophet to nations lay hands on your neighbor's shoulder tell them you've already been ordained when you get to conference they'll make an announcement but you've already been ordained you've been sanctified for this hour oh my god you got to stay sober Samson had the assignment but it made him feel claustrophobic it made him feel like he was losing all of his freedom but the bible declared that he would have moments in his life where he would rise up to the occasion and he would slay the enemies of God but there became an hour where he laid his head in the wrong woman's lap I need you to tell your neighbor beware of Satan's device everything that look good ain't good for you everything that's talking good don't have your heart in mind and the Bible said as he laid his head in her lap she found out the source of his strength she cut his hair and there are people now that's running around the church with a short haircut you singing but ain't got no power you're praying but ain't no movement you're preaching there ain't no change happening but I want you to pull on somebody it says somebody I want power power with God you can have the title but give me the power you can have the front seat but give me the power for the name of the plan that the weapons of my warfare are not gone but my 
called to the pulling down of the of strongholds. They mocked him because he lost his strength. They made sport of him. He was embarrassed. He was humiliated. He was ashamed. But tell your neighbor, I feel my hair growing back. I feel my strength coming back. The plot of the enemy has been spoiled by the plans of God. And there is no weapon that's formed against me. Share. Be able to prosper. Samson said, give me the pillars. He says, I've got to avenge my eyes. He didn't say, I need to avenge the locks of my hair. He said, I need to avenge my eyes. And of the words he's declaring, I want to get my vision back. Oh my God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'll be honest. I got distracted. Come on, tell your neighbor. Said, I'll be honest. I lost my way. Said, I'll be honest. I got hooked up with the wrong church folks. I'll be honest. I don't pray like I used to pray. But now I feel my strength coming back. Oh, I feel a stir in my spirit. The veil has come off my eyes. The cataracts has been removed. And now, now, I see that God is setting us up for something bigger. I want you to get out of your seat and tell three people something big is about to happen. Something big is about to be revealed. Something big is about to be unveiled. I declare to you that the only reason the enemy showed up, he only shows up where there's a treasure. He only shows up where there's spoil. No war, no victory, no battle, no glory. And I come to tell somebody tonight that I reckon that the sufferings of this present time it ain't worth it it ain't worth it to be compared you got to fight through it push somebody tell them you got to fight through it fight to be consistent you got to fight through it fight to stay faithful you got to fight through it from without and within there comes days where you have to lay hands on your own mind and set thoughts come subject to the will of God you gotta talk to your emotions and set feelings come subject to the faith tell your neighbor said oh neighbor something big is about to be revealed when the devil shows up there's a sign that's a sign that's a sign saints that's a sign that's a sign
It's a sign, I'm telling you. It's a sign. Now, if this ain't your testimony, I'm not a false prophet. Don't you be a false receiver. Everybody in this room, you that have been dealing with strange warfare lately, from without and within, for 30 seconds, I want you to release a sound that will drown out the voice of the enemy. Do it now. start playing with your mind. He'll have you on autopilot. He'll have you trapped in offense. And you'll be missing what God is doing and what God is saying. Tell your neighbor, ask him, did you hear what I just said? Something big is happening. That's why the devil has been fighting you. Something big. I want you to consider that you're coming into a season of answered prayer. Get your mind back. Get your, get your mind back in the game. Remind yourself what God said. You keep hope shunda. I'm telling you, I'm trying my best, y'all. I'm telling you. I feel bishop, I feel a hope. Shunda of a whole shot. I come on, Sunda. Get your mind back in the game. Some of you that almost shut down your spiritual gift because of people's opinion. I come to frustrate you tonight. I said, I come to frustrate you tonight. Throw your hand on somebody's back and shout, Wake up! Wake up! Wake up your anointing! Wake up your calling! Wake up your gift! Out of your belly! So many of us, we have lost some things in the last season to the point I almost feel like some of our churches and denominations need to have a whole group therapy over loss. Because some of us lost a whole lot of stuff in the pandemic and we just then ran back doing church and acting like we haven't lost anything. Tell your neighbor, I've had to process loss. Because of that, we got to stop using tongues just for praise. 
We got to use tongues for edification. See, you don't you don't realize that the Bible says. See, some of us think we have a sin issue. We really got a faith issue. Because if your belief system changes, the way you live is going to change. And some of us, this last season has tore us down. And we don't look like it on the outside. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you know the headlines. But I know the details. Some of you, you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Don't you worry, we're not going to leave you. God is about to baptize you right now. It ain't nothing you got to beg God for. I'm telling you, if your heart is set tonight, hold on, my son. Some of you ain't spoken tongues in a long time. Some of you don't go beyond one syllable. But I'm telling you, hallelujah, Satan's devices had torn down your spirit, but you're about to build your spirit back up. You're about to build your walls of defense back up. Oh, some of you ain't spoke since you was a teenager, but I need everybody in this room to open up your mouth right now and begin to talk the language of heaven. Come on, oh, come on. You need it. You need it for the assignment that's ahead of you. Come on. You need it for the assignment that's ahead of you. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.